Ray Smith. It's called Conspiratheria. He tells it like it is. They lost track of child assassins. Never seen anything like that done to a cow That's before. That's it, you're off. Goes through everywhere, Ray. Goes through everywhere. I am here to serve you people. He's brave. I would kick E.T.'s ass. He's bold. What is the truth? You're listening to the best of Conspiratheria with host Ray Smith. Only on the, the Trust, Trust Network. Network. happening now. It's Terror Tuesday on Conspiratheria, folks. True crime is on everyone's mind these days. And we have a little slice of macabre Americana to tickle your spooky bone. So let's get right into it. Does evil exist? Short answer, we don't know. Long answer, that's exactly one of the mysteries of life and the world that we are attempting to unlock here at Conspiratheria. That's why we need you to keep tuning in. We gotta have you on the journey as we get closer to answering one of the most complex questions in the universe. We do know that bad things happen, unthinkable things. Take, for instance, uh, the quiet little city of Mountain Lake in southwest Minnesota. In the final week of January 2012, five friends arrived in this town of just over 2,000 residents. They came simply to enter the annual Mountain Lake Ice Fishing Contest. $10 entry fee in hand for the four categories of pike, walleye, bass, and panfish. Panfish consisting, of course, of mainly bluegill, crappie, uh, surely bullhead, etc. Four of them would never again leave Cottonwood County, Minnesota. On January 28th, 2012, Sally Brown did on a one-way journey to Pilgrim Psychiatric Center in Brentwood, New York. The events of this day were to lead to a discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history. The Minnesota Reciprocator Saw debacle. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a killer on the line. And the call is coming from inside Minnesota. Let's get right to it. Officer, uh, I accept these charges with full responsibility for which they were intended. Sir, I'm not an officer. I operate the switchboard. I just need to know if you'll accept all applicable charges for this phone call. Yes, I will. Thank you. Go ahead. Inmate number... Hey, hello? Hello, hey. Uh, you are live on Conspiratheria. I'm your host, Ray Smith. Sir, if you would hold tight for a moment, uh, I'm going to introduce you to my audience here quickly, and then we'll get talking. Is that satisfactory? Super! On the line, folks, is Emil Sorensen. 
In 2013, Mr. Sorensen was convicted of the gruesome deaths of the aforementioned Sally Brown's half-brother, Franklin Armstrong, their friends Jimmy Poughkeepsie, Kirk Macaroon, and Pam Flappe. He is currently serving four life sentences, back-to-back, in Minnesota's only Level 5 maximum security prison. Have I left anything out, Emil? That's real good, Ray. Only geez. It's been so long since anyone called me a meal. It sounds so formal. You can call me Ice Face. Ice Face? Okay. Oh, yeah. They've been calling me that ever since they found that I cut up those four kids into pieces and froze up all them jabbies. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, I do remember that now, Emil. I mean, Ice Face. That was a name that started in the local press and then quickly gained national traction shortly after the, uh, uh, um, the discoveries. Well, it just really stuck, Ray. Who knew? Geez, you know, I never had a nickname my whole life. I was always just plain old Emil Sorensen. But the whole world calls me Ice Face now. You know, if you'd ask the fellas in here how's old Emil Sorensen was doing, uh, they'd be like, who the heck is Emil Sorensen? But ask them what Ice Face is up to, and well, you know... <laughs> They'd tell you, because then they'd know who you were talking about. Right, sure. Is there a specific element of what transpired uh, that is associated with the nickname Ice Face? I mean, I mean, I guess it has to do with the ice being kind of a running theme in the crimes. They were there to ice fish. I put the bodies on ice and... Oh, and there, there were little icicles on my beard in my first mugshot on account of the snow blowing that I was doing when they nabbed me. Woof! I just broke the ninth commandment. Don't go bragging about how much snow you shoveled. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it, Ice Face. Uh, that'll do it. Ice Face, it is. I appreciate you joining us today. We have a lot to cover here, and our time with you is limited. Let's start with the basics. Prior to your sentence, you lived in Mountain Lake with your father and brother. Is that correct? Oh, you betcha, Ray. We all worked over there in a Toro factory in Wyndham. Dad took an early retirement, and us boys got laid off in 2009. You were unemployed? For the most part. I worked on the assembly line, so I'm a handy fella. I picked up a little work here and there, cash in hand, fish cleaning, did some independent contractor with Slocum's True Life Taxidermy over there in Redden. Taxidermy, you say? You must be a, a, a hunter. Oh, heck no. I hate guns. Won't go near them. But stuffing is not altogether uncommon hobby in our neck of the woods, Ray. Like I said, good way to pick up a few extra bucks. Not to toot my own horn, but I'm quick and thorough. And not one bit squeamish. I was old Jim Slocum's go-to guy when they needed rush stuff. And your brother and father? Well, Dad hangs around the gas station. My squirrely brother, God love him, isn't the sharpest sickle in the shed. But my goodness, can he eat? You have a a positive outlook on you, Ice. And uh, what's particularly striking about you is your directness. No claims to be a victim of injustice. No professions of innocence. You are a man who has very much owned his crimes. So next, uh, I'd like to know about motive. Sure. Real simple, Ray. 
Uh, a little background. It started to become real trendy to have these ice fishing tournaments over there by the lake. This is Mountain Lake, yes? That's right. We're a small town. City, actually. and Oh, just a couple thousand. But these ice fishing tournaments bring folks from all over the place. Let's be clear. I have no problem with ice fishing. And even ice fishermen or, or women. I'm a catch-and-release kind of fella. What I do have a problem with, doggone it, is trespassing. I about went horse complaining to the sheriff. I see. You're saying that ice fishing tournaments bring transients to town, and you have had some instances of trespassing on your property. Instances? Every single year of the tournament, Ray. I swear it became kind of a running joke as far as that goes. We get folks trampling through the garden, only they didn't know it was a garden because it's covered in snow, and they muck up the pond with the snowmobiles. I'm game for a goof as much as the next fella. But the pranks were getting out of hand. One year it was toilet paper. Another year it was uh, snowmen doing sex stuff. They filled the 96 Escort to the brim with perch, Ray. Mm, mm-hmm. who, who could think of something like that? Ice, can you tell us what happened that day? Without going into uh, too much detail, can you tell us uh, what was going through your head? I thought, geez, there must be five, six hundred pounds of perch in the escort. No, Ice Face, uh, January 28th, 2012, uh, the day of the crimes. We'd like to step inside your mind for a little bit, if we can. Oh, you betcha, Ray. It was a Saturday afternoon. I remember because it was still light out and the sun sets around 5.26 p.m. in late January. We were a little punchy on the yoo-hoos, doing New Testament Mad Libs, just having a ball, frankly, minding our own business. You and your brother? Yeah, for sure. So we're having a gas, you know? All of a sudden, this fella Kirk just walks right through the front door into the kitchen. Jeez, old Pete. Before I knew it, I had a meat tenderizer that I've been using for some venison. Venison is deer meat, uh, for the listeners who are less dialed in to the meat spectrum. Well, it's a rough cut of meat you got there. You gotta tenderize it, marinate it, and really commit to cooking low and slow if you want to hope and heck of making it tender. And another option is venison jerky. Always a treat on my nature hikes. I I do this little bit when I get peckish. I say, hey, Ray, dear me. (laughs) (laughs) And I pop myself a jerky nugget right in the kisser. (laughs) 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 Ah, yeah. Uh, For the love of Mike... That sounds real good right now. They won't let anything like that in here at the Heights. Anywho, a couple whacks to the old noodle, and uh, this Kurt fellow was pretty near dead as a doornail. Just like that. Sounds like it happened very quickly. Didn't even have time to think, don't you know? And this fella's head was Norwegian fish soup. Had Kirk said anything to you? If he did, I, I didn't hear a darn thing. I remember him being kind of wild-eyed, like it was his house and I was just uh, appeared out of nowhere. Then the flappy girl comes charging in, surprising the heck out of me. Well, she sees her friend in what used to be his head, and she just about has a fit. Quick sidebar, I'm a green thumb, and my houseplants are about the only thing that gets me through the winter blues. That I can relate to. 
Last year, I was gifted with a, a mini hydroponic herb garden. My yield of dill and watercress were, honestly, lockdown highlights. Well, on that particular day, I had taken all my hanging plants down from their hooks. I, I used meat hooks for the big fellas, and I had them smoking in the tub. Incidentally, uh, that's a great container gardening tip. Great option for hanging your heavier plants. Beginning container gardeners always underestimate how heavy water can be. Holy buckets, you're right about that. So Pam looks like she's uh, seen better days. I gotta be honest, I I've never been one for confrontation or loud noise for that matter. So I got a little flustered. I scooped her up and well, I guess I just hung her on the hook like she was a parka. I just taken down the holiday cactus. Now I'm in a pickle. What am I going to do with the both of you's bodies? That brings me to my next line of questioning, Iceface. Your weapon, or uh, in fairness, tool of choice, was a reciprocating saw. There are a, a lot of saws out there on the market these days. I myself am an enthusiast DIYer as I have a complicated history with permits and licenses of all kind. Can you clarify for my audience exactly what a reciprocating saw is? Yeah, yeah, sure, you betcha. It's kind of like a powered handsaw in which uh, the cutting action is achieved through a simple push and pull motion of the blade. It's got a little uh, foot at the base of the blade like a jigsaw. The operator rests a little foot on the surface that's being cut. In this case, it was a human body. So you can counter the tendency of the blade to push uh, away from or pull towards the cut. Or saw blade wound again, in this case, as the blade travels. <laughs> I, I couldn't have said it better myself. As uh, the primary application is... Demolition ray. Of course. Not designed for precision cuts, then. Nope. Those are better left to your circulars, your tables or your chops. I prefer the corded model myself. The cordless is, is great for cutting in a remote location, but those batteries can't sustain the kind of power I, I require over the long period of time. My personal unit tops out at 3,000 strokes per minute. Reciprocating saw 101, thank you for the clarification, Iceface. So, what happened next? Well, that saws will make quick work of Kurt. I tell ya, that Kurt fella stained my good china like blackberry cobbler. Ugh! That's, uh, uh, that's a lot. The sun was going down and my tummy was grumbling. And I, I hadn't eaten since the morning at Perkins. So I popped Pam in the freezer chest and just really had a taste for some tater tots and uh, Juicy Lucy. I headed up to the kitchen and realized I, I didn't turn out the lights in the freezer room. When I get there, who's standing there but the smart-alecky New York fella? Jerry, what's his name? I can't understand where all these folks are coming from. He's looking at the flappy girl like he don't know if she's falling asleep or waking up. One whack of the tenderizer and Jerry drops like a hot rock. Just once? Oh, yeah. Like, like a lot of these fancy pants Northeasterners, uh, not a lot of fight in him. You know the type, real spendy taste. 
That's, uh, that's a whole other show. Darn tootin'. Anyways, figured I'm, uh, go outside and get some air. Remember, I got three bodies in there now. I'm taking a few breaths when, ah, for jeez, out pops a fella in a wheelchair. Only he's got no appropriate reflector surfaces on the chair and stuff. It's dark as pitch, and I think I'm being ambushed by some kind of bear on wheels. A startling moment given the circumstances. So what did you do next? I still had the saw in my hand, you know. Typical 14-amp extension cord, a 25-footer. What can I say at this point? I, I just keep cutting. Before I knew it, that the cripple fella was in 10, 12 pieces. A disabled fella? Sure. I got just a whole slurge of Franklin bits on me when, just my luck, in comes this poor sister, and she's screaming up a storm. Tried calming her down with a few whacks from the broom. That's about as much as I remember. There was a whole chase-type deal, and the girl made it into town. I guess screaming and laughing all crazy-like. The whole operation turned into a real debacle. You mentioned it already, but uh, when the police came to arrest you, you were snow-blowing your driveway. The police report described you as unconcerned. Well, you know, I wasn't super worried at first, because I really saw it as a heat-of-the-moment, stand-your-ground type of thing. But, you know, once they take a peek around the house, the police didn't really see it that way. And oof, (laughs) neither did the jury, judge, or, or, you know, the news media in general, or social media for that matter. It didn't help my case that, you know, as it turns out, those folks were actually uh, lost out there. They were just plumb freezing, panicking and shock. So that kind of explained why they didn't really fight back or, uh, you know, say nothing. I think it made it kind of hard for folks to kind of sympathize with my case. So, you know, I was just uh, way off on that one. That's on me. Wow. Wow. What became of the house? Geez, they they never been able to sell it after all that. And yeah, it was a teardown. It might actually be a super fun site now, if I'm not mistaken. Iceface, you've shared your story. I'm sure it wasn't easy to do. Hell, it wasn't easy to hear. Easy peasy, Ray. Just how I remembered it. If the audience can learn one thing from your experience, what should it be? What's the big takeaway? For me, Ray, it always sticks in my craw. The TV crime shows, they always want to make the killings like a sex thing. Like we're holding some girl and she's saying, maybe I can sex my way out of this, you know? Maybe uh, we can work out a deal where I I fiddle with your privates and, and you let me go type of thing. We're not a bunch of dirty birdies here. Look here, there, there's only one God, you know? And cousin ain't Minnesota nice. But that stuff ticks me off. I'd like to tell the media over there that what we got here is a simple property dispute. And a decent fella who just uh, plain blew a stack. So I'd say one, no trespassing, you know, seriously now. And two, you know, if someone does trespass, really try to take a breath and talk it out. You know, give it a minute and... uh, Call him up on the phone, maybe. That's my advice. For what it's worth. Minnesota.
Minnesota Department of Corrections, Minnesota Correctional Facility, Oak Park Heights, inmate number. You have one minute remaining on this phone call. We're just wrapping it up. Thank you, officer. Sir, I am not an officer. I operate the switchboard. I get that. Please just, we're all set here. You can go ahead and just take him with you. Mr. Emil Iceface Sorensen, we thank you for your time today and all this uh, good information. Oh, for sure, Ray. This was a hoot. My Bible group's going to go ape when I tell them I had a chinwag with a Ray Smith. Well, folks, um, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not sure we're any closer to that answer today. We will keep looking. In the meanwhile, I can say that I myself do not recall ever being so chilled to the bone by such a cordial uh, demeanor. I will never again take a no trespassing sign with a grain of salt, and I encourage you to proceed similarly. Gonna take a second and shake this one off. Drambuia clock may be arriving uh, <laughs> a little early this evening. Thank you for tuning in to Conspiratheria. Don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. And um, if you want to write us a question or a comment, hit us up on the Instagram at Conspiratheria. Or you can email us at Conspiratheria at gmail.com. Eyes open. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Conspiratheria on the Trust Network. Make sure to like and subscribe to this channel. Check back next week with Ray Smith. You've been theorized.